0: Good day, fair fellows. It is a wonderfully wintry Wednesday here in southwest London and we are coming to you, I say live, but if you're not listening to this right now, which you're probably not because I haven't streamed this episode, then you're probably getting this at around six o'clock when it goes live every Wednesday, British summertime. It's not summer anymore. Oh dear. GMT, Greenwich Mean Time again Icarus has kind of gone a little bit crazy, Um, I did make the mistake of starting to play fetch with him before uh, doing this podcast. So I now have a hyperactive cat like a hyperactive child. Do not give your child sweeties after 7pm. So we are in season two. Hey, this is episode 12, if you're so inclined, or episode two of season two. I don't know which one I'm going to go with it yet. Um, I'm quite liking the fact that it's season two, episode two. And uh, we're going to go into the second book of 10 books that fundamentally shaped changed, or inspired um my life in some some way shape or form so um today's book is one of my all-time favorites it fundamentally changed the game as it were for me um and that is tim ferris for our work week it's the first uh no, it's the second expanded and updated version and there's a bit of a backstory before we go into the book itself So there's a backstory before um, we go into the nitty-gritty of um, Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Week book, which is the first book of uh, his that I have bought. So it was probably around 2000 and I think 2008. Yeah, probably 2008. I'd um, kind of dropped the whole university thing because I just, I just realized, like, it's not really my jam. I'm not really happy. Like... I have student debt and I don't even want to be an architect. Like I was studying architecture. I'd I'd already tried three different degrees. Um, Tried doing yellow pages. Tried working as a graphic designer. Realized that was pretty shitty. Got signed off with depression. Was on citalopram. They bumped me up to fluoxetine. They were just drugging me up to the eyeballs. And I was just like, ah, I can't deal with this. Um, So dropped that off. Sacked that off. um, Tried to kind of enter the whole like world of work in a different angle and just nothing was really sticking like nothing was working even though my parents had a very classic kind of um here we go hello even though my parents had a very classic um corporate life and you know they did they did quite well for themselves my dad worked in crude oil and my mom um was a top and sales executive in car sales at the time uh i think she'd moved to the states then yeah, she moved to the States and she was still, you know, the top 0. 0.00001 percentile in being a sales except for AT&T. So, um, yeah, she, she, uh, she, you know, classic corporate, my dad, classic corporate. Me, the creative wild child who just doesn't understand why the world doesn't fucking make any sense. Um, trying to do what my parents want me to do, trying to do what's expected of me from my family, but equally being a little bit of a, a tearaway with the DJing and the music and the creativity and going out just to drink beer and play music and dance and, you know, just be me a little bit, uh, only a little bit, um, but never really fully believing that this this could be an option. So, a little bit of preamble, to the preamble. Uh, so yeah, 2008 happens, break up with the ex fiance and I am now um, living on my own uh living on the tail end of my student uh loan. I just like fuck it, I'll just leave you and just you know survive on my maintenance grant and all that jazz. And um I kind of just fell I wouldn't say fell into, I looked into life modeling because at the time, you know, I was still doing a lot of active stuff and I just thought, oh this is easy. Like I hate clothes. I can sit naked and people can pay me money to draw me and paint me and do whatever well not physically paint me but paint versions of me. Um and all that kind of stuff. And there was a, 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 a registered, uh, registry for artist models. Um, so, you know, I went and registered with that and got a membership number and everything because I wanted everything to be above board. Um, you, if, if you've heard all the episodes that I've done, you'll kind of understand that I'm a bit of a free loving liberal human being, but I'm also very, very straight edged at the same time, a walking conundrum. Um, so i i didn't want you know to just kind of casually go into places also not just just you know for for my um integrity not just because of my integrity but also for protection just for safety you know don't be an idiot and think oh yeah i'm just going to go and do this and it'll be fine no 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 like you know i am female i might be very strong and very you know witty and wise and well, <laughs> wise i don't know i have a bit of street knowledge about myself. Um, but I'm also not going to just randomly waltz into some strange dude's place without any registration of like who this person is. So, um, the registry of artist models, uh, recommends jobs. They had, they had or have a website. I haven't checked them in a long time. They have a website where jobs come up and they are vetted by the RAM registry. So, um, as a result, whatever gigs you go to, you know there's a little bit of like A's recommended. They're really nice. Um, you know, they they give you a little bit of insider tips on what the groups are like. So whether the people are a little bit pushy or they kind of forget or you need to do this, you need to bring your own thing. Da, da, da. So very new to all of this, very new to it. But I took to it like a duck to water because, you know, it. I don't know, I was a bit, was, I'm um, a bit bendy a little bit aware of my body so I can deliver really challenging fun poses for, dark, for, for drawers and painters and artists. Um, and I had a fully shaved head at the time as well. So people really enjoy drawing my head and they still do. Um, and then my face features all, all that jazz, all the fun things. So I was, you know, making a living as a, as a, uh, a life model, um, sitting for individual artists who went through the Ram registry, uh, uh, schools, colleges, um, art groups, all that jazz. And eventually, um, I mentioned this before, I, I got this gig, I, I started getting regular gigs with different um, art groups because I just quite enjoyed what I was doing. And I ended up being at um, Pall Mall. So there's a gallery, if you go, ever go down to Pall Mall, there's a little gallery down there of, you know, painters and artists and photographers and whatever kind of um, things that they display. Cat, what are you doing? Oh, he's just, he's getting comfortable in, in my duvet. It's duvet day, so I change everything over, and he lies on everything. So I was in Pall Mall, and the way they, they do this artist evening, uh, there's probably about 25 or so artists, drawers, painters, and everything, and you get four different sections, uh, four different um, life model sitters. So one, you know, there's lots of quick turnarounds. You do two-minute poses and everything. The the other section is for longer. And then the other one is one pose that's held for the entire time. And I think I got invited back maybe four or five times um, during the months and years. And um, as a result, you know, they have favorites. They have favorite artist models that they they bring back. And one of these ladies, um, I'm not going to use her real name, because I don't know if she'd be comfortable with me doing that. But um, I'm going to call... Uh, Jane. Yay. Just Jane. Jane. Um, cause that's not her name and they call me Stacy. They call me, anyway, <laughs> it's a fun song. So Jane, um, we're, we're sat tr- uh, chatting in a break. Uh, we get a nice little break. Everyone gets a break. with drawing and sitting still and everything. We all need breaks. We're all human, unfortunately. Um, I'm chatting to Jane, just telling her who I am and everything. She finds it quite, oh, Jesus. Um, she finds it quite curious that, uh, Um, you know, I've kind of come into this, why I've come into it. And I explained, you know, my whole thing. I just needed a break and, um, I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. So I was just in between, you know, life modeling and doing security work. Um, yeah, I was, I was doing that. And she was just like, you should, um, read, she read out, she spelled out a whole bunch of philosophy books and, and I eventually got into those. But the main one, she's like, you should really check out this book by a guy called Timothy Ferris and it's called a four hour work week. And I was just like, uh, it sounds a bit gimmicky. She's like, yeah, it's a clickbaity title, but like fundamentally in it, cause she works in PR. Um, she's done a lot of PR work, uh, very independent kind of like quite high level stuff, but just with her, her life, you know, she, she made life choices and, 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 uh, zigged when everyone's sad kind of thing. So she recommended this book and I'm like, okay, cool. So I'll carry on back to sitting naked whilst people are painting versions of me. And, um, I go home. Um, oh, I say home. Uh, at by this time, I was I no, I, I wasn't. I I wasn't quite almost homeless. I was still um, kind of <laughs> about like say homeless, homeless. Um, I was still about. Um, I wasn't a Guardian anti-squatter just yet, so I I had a permanent home um, with a guy I was seeing at the time, and I was kind of his lodger, and it got really weird. Yay, life. So got the book, started reading it, and it blew my mind. And you have to remember, this is... When when was this first um, published? It better have been published after, like, 2000 and thing, because then I'm... Blatantly just talking out of my ass. Otherwise, praise for the four-hour worker. Yes, blah, 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 blah. Where's your published date, bro? Initially published in 2007 and then republished in 2009. Uh, so I must have gotten this in 2009. So it was just before everything went to shit. So, yes. So um, I, I started reading book and just the very notion that, you know, imagine you're in a corporate world and you can be pulled out of that and you can actually like, try things yourself, because the internet is a thing. The internet is a fairly successful thing if you find your niche, if you, you know, trial things. And it was like a crash course introduction into online business, basically, Um, because he leveraged the internet. He leveraged various aspects of the internet. And, you know, things have changed significantly in the last 10 years, but a lot of it is still really, really sound. Um, And I used to reread it constantly, just learning little new nuggets out of it every time um, as I was trying to figure out my life um, and figure out things and, and you know, try and stitch something together, you know, just literally try and stitch something together. But ultimately that book made me happier and more comfortable with everything that was going on because ultimately um, there was another way. You didn't have to go be an office monkey for like 50 years, to be able to have the freedom to do whatever you want at the end of your life. Like you could literally do what you needed to do now. Um, Just kind of hustle hard initially, get everything in place, find something that works, keep on throwing and hoping that something will stick, but not without measuring, you know, getting your data points and stuff. And you can do what you want to do now rather than wait until you're almost dead to do it. So that's my kind of my version, my short elevator pitch version of what the four hour work week was for me. Um, And rather than then kind of go through certain sections of the book, like I did with the constellations of philosophy, where I spent a lot of time just kind of identifying sections. um, I'm just going to riff, you know, through the book, kind of look at things, read things, maybe agree or disagree with them, because 10 years is a long time looking at ideas and since then, you know, I've just gone down this entrepreneurial path, and it's naturally felt so much better for me. So much better. It's been tough, no doubt. Like I have had little bouts of like regular paid jobs, just because you know you kind of reach a point where you're like, okay, I need to pay the rent. Um, but still, ultimately, uh, the four-hour work week changed the way I thought because when you're growing up and you have, I, I'm going to say African parents, but hell. Asian parents, any any kind of parents who are very conservative in their outlook and their opinions on how a life should be, uh, you know, I, I call it the, D- the Disney, Disney version, Disney life. Um, it doesn't work like that anymore. Like we're still got people advising from an industrial age whilst we're in a technological kind of rampage. And uh, being a I'm a millennial because I'm an 86 baby but still I'm very good with technology but still you know being in the pre-internet era means you're still subjected to the industrial kind of outlook on the world and now living in a post-industrial era and now digital age it's really weird like the transition is really really difficult for anyone who's still stuck in that in-betweeny kind of zone because your parents never had the internet and they probably don't understand it all that much now. Um, but you, me, we are kind of literally the transitional uh, kids. I'm gonna, I was going to say something else, wonder kids. We are literally the tra- transitional wonder kids who can switch on and off of the internet. And then we have this other generation who were born of the internet. They are the banes. They are the absolute, you know, I want to call them psychos, but, like, they are of the internet. They are of immediate satisfaction, immediate gratification. They are of anxiety. They are of depression. They are of all these things because this technology is not designed for the human capacity. I am going off on a tangent, bro. Okay. Anyway, book is amazing. Book kind of helped me from my life modeling kind of stage in 2008, 2009 to 2010. I um, actually two thousand and 11 almost, definitely two years, two years of professional um, being naked. (laughs) Pay me to be naked. Um, Man, I did good. Uh, Anyway, so, so, you know, hustle hard. It taught me that there was another way. And it was believable because the proof was in the pudding. that you know, I had case studies and everything. And fundamentally, I lived little snippets, and I took them on board with the life modeling. I hustled hard to the point that I got a little bit of notoriety um, with that, getting people calling me up. I still have people calling me up once in a while now, even though it's been a good five years since I stopped. Um, but yeah. That's my kind of way of going through it. And next section, because I like sections and everyone needs to have a break to go get a cup of tea or whatever. um, I'll be flicking through the book and just kind of reminiscing a little bit. So, yeah. Boom. So into the book i have it open with its tatty edges like this book the hardback part of it like it has been in and out of my bag so much uh during my life modeling years which is quite funny but the actual pages themselves are very nice and straight and not dog-eared i don't like dog earring my uh books that sounded weird dog earring i don't know anyway so um Rather than kind of go bit for bit and get a little bit bored of myself, (laughs) like like I did with Constellations for a Philosophy, I I felt it would just be better to kind of use maybe the table of contents as a kind of spur for ideas and just give you a nice general fuzzy feeling of the book um, and kind of ideas and things. Oh, there's another story in here. Um, I'm not going to go specifically to the page. Yeah, I'm not going to go to the page itself. But anyway... The 4-Hour Workweek, escape 9 to 5, live anywhere, and join the new rich, expanded and updated. The New York Times bestseller and international phenomenon. I mean, if you could hype a book up anymore, like, this is it. Um, It's a pretty book as well, the pretty cover of it. If you're, you know, um, if you're looking on the video that has an accompaniment with this, which will go up on YouTube at some point, then you've just seen that and be touching the microphone with the book. So... The way the way that this book is done, um, one Tim Ferriss has a blog that he you know he kind of did I suppose before in the run up to the book and and has been going since and now he's got an amazing podcast show, um, which has been interesting. He did a TV like he's done stuff like that. That dude just he does he does, Um, but the way he's he's designed the book is in a kind of like step by step system that you can actually do yourself. So again, it's an actionable book. I like actionable books because reading stuff and thinking and everything is all well and good. But in this day and age it's so easy and I've gotten really bad with it lately to consume, consume, consume and not actually activate and do something by it. Hang on, I'm just gonna mess around with the light because I can two, three, two, three. Anyway, so the way this book is set up, um there's four main sections, right? and who doesn't like a, is it a mnemonic? I don't know. Um, the way this is spelled out is deal. So D E A L. Um, so there's four steps to trying to find, um, you know, your four hour work week, quote unquote four hour work week, because if you're an entrepreneur, you know, like the four hour work week doesn't really happen depending on you know what type of business you go into. Um, unless, you know, you're a, Pure investment kind of mogul, and that's all you do. But even then, you still need to stay on top of your investments and stuff. So, lovely clickbaity thing, really nice idea, gets you in, warms you up, massages your feet, and then gets you stuck in. So, the four steps are D for definition, E for elimination, A for automation, and L for liberation. If my memory serves me correctly, depending on where you are, if you are, um, a full-on office monkey needing to get out then you deal if you're not then you della. Uh, della Soul um so definition elimination liberation then automation um which makes sense when you actually read the book itself. So I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it for you but going into it what I really like about the book is the way he opens up like you know for people who don't believe him. Good gets that in, checks it out, gets you to kind of just read stuff, and it's just like, just give it a freaking chance, right? And then he goes into his story. I'm not even going to read the pages, because I just remember, you know, he kind of just went, fuck this, and I vaguely remember something about a hill, it being wet as hell, um, him just crying, crying to the point of laughing, because I think it was Brain Quicken, was his first, like, product kind of company thing, um something had gone to shit basically he was far far away and he really couldn't do anything about it which is quite nice and further reinforced my my um fan of of stoic kind of readings and philosophy and everything uh because you know you could panic and freak out and do whatever or you could just be in the moment and just be like well At least i'm alive and sat on a wet hill in ireland you know uh because ireland is a very wet place beautiful beautiful but very very wet and cold so um he goes into his story so his thing is my story and why i need this book um and then he's got chronology chronology of a pathology and then he's he gets stuck into this system that he's created so um, lots of stories in here, lots of kind of titles that kind of get you stuck into things. Um, and with definition like you know you need to you need to figure out what your thing is. This is what a lot of business people online are you know pushing like Simon Sinek, sinek sinek has his weight but uh, not wait but why has his why you know find your why um, because that drives us, right? Like my why mm, has changed. I don't even know what my why is right now. Actually, let me let me look at my life goals on my whiteboard. I'm not going to say the first one because that's very personal. But the second one, DJ around the world. Third one is silly, but I'm I'm gunning for it first female Kenyan black belt. Um, fourth one, open a mixed martial mixed movement arts academy. Uh, fifth one, create DJ performance legacy show and an ent- entertainment tech academy. So, um my why probably is more of a legacy and just kind of creating something that can keep on going without me. Um, I think two out of five. Well, actually, the first one technically makes it three if they stay around for long enough. Three out of five kind of thing. Um, you know, definition, finding out what you want to do, why why you need to do it, how, you, how you're going to do it. Um, figuring out uh how to get out of your own head cuz like you know we want to do things but then fear will just hold us in which is absolutely terrible. So definition when you get something concrete when something tangible then you are pretty invincible, right? So next one is elimination. Um this is my favorite section and I will probably have to go back to this again because I found my social media usage and everything has gone way up and I'm just consuming bullshit rather than creating. Um So elimination is all about time management. There's the low information diet, um, interrupting interruption the art of refusal. So being able to say no, um, weaning yourself off the dopamine express that is social media. uh, That's mine. If you use that as a title for a blog post, please tell me. I'll come read it happily. Um, And the end of time management, delusions in Italians. So um, I really like that section because that basically, the way my calendar runs now is because of that. And it has been ever since I would do diaries in you know paper form, and now I use Google uh, Calendar. And then you got as for automation, um, which is always the part that people think is bullshit, but it it's it works and it doesn't work, but it really depends on how you look at it and why you even need it. So it covers outsourcing, the idea of autopilots, um, you know, the concept of a muse, um, which led me to creating or trying. Oh, trying to create an indicating bike glove. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, God, I don't know if I want to do this as a separate story. Is there another book that will inspire this as a separate story? Uh, Probably not. Anyway, so, um, so I, I was cycling around a lot, right? Just trying to kind of budget. I was hardcore budgeting. And and at the place, the guy I was living at the moment at the time um, was a keen cyclist, a keen commuter cyclist. And I kind of took followed suit because I was initially scared of cycling through London and over time I realized actually you know cycling is not that bad if you just have your wits about you you're a bit of a hard ass on the road but you're also not an idiot like if a vehicle looks like it's going to turn because you understand the psychology of the car looks like it's kind of moving over just wait back let them do their bullshit and you carry on you know don't get involved the amount of accidents or near accidents I've seen happen in front of me as a result of that kind of defensive cycling has been a little bit heart stopping at times, if I'm honest. So, um, so I uh, with, with all the cycling and everything, especially during winter. Um, by this time, I had actually started working as a security person um, in central London for a uh, hmm, huh, an individual. I'm not a big fan of. I don't think anyone's a fan of right now, considering the political uh, waters we're in. Yay Brexit! So I would cycle a lot, and I found even with bright colored gloves and everything, and you know, using my hands the way they should be. Steady, and uh, the way they should be used on the on the roads, like just cars, just wouldn't pay attention to you, and you'd have to look at them and be like, mate, I'm crossing over because I need to turn. Slow down. Um, so I got inspired with this idea of uh, creating, um, uh, indicating bike light. Now, I, I told everyone, everyone was on board, people were sharing and directing me towards uh, other companies, other businesses that were doing things like this. Um, and I was like, oh, they're making things on. I got sad, um, but then I realized like, they're all failing because they're fundamentally missing this one aspect that I had. Um, I've put this out into so in, into the world, into the internet, so hopefully um, someone picks it up because I found that it was just... I sunk a lot of my own personal money and unsecured loans into into the idea of the bike glove, um, but the main thing is like they were expecting people to close a circuit, like you know, put your thumb against your knuckle to close a circuit for it to start indicating. One, adults aren't going to do that, you know. Half the time they're just going to wave their hand out. Two, where on on your hand it needs to be, they didn't really address the anatomy and physiology that a hand has. Plus how we d- display our hands, right? You know, sometimes we'll rotate all the way over, sometimes we'll rotate back. So no one really took that into consideration either. And then there's the idea of being able to know that the thing's actually working or not. Um, and for me, I'm just like, well, just make it vibrant. You know, haptic feedback, proprioception, bit of a gyroscope in there. It made sense to me and I created this whole thing. And a lot of people were onto it and you know, even talking to people at TFL, like it was, it was a huge thing. This was my muse, right? This was my muse that came out from me sitting still, being naked, sometimes doing security work, sometimes also DJing, because what even is my life? And this bike glove idea came out, and I sunk a lot of money into it. I flew over to Paris a few times. A friend of mine helped me prototype a hard version of it. Um, But the amount of money that was needed for a hardware Um, wearable. So I was creating a wearable in a time that wearables weren't popular. I think the pebble had only just come out. Do you remember that? The e-ink watch. Um, That could last for an eternity in a day. So I was doing it around that time. And just just the money, like you needed maybe anywhere from 25,000 to about 50,000 pounds just for one skew of one glove. And I had I, I solved that problem as well in the design that I created for a, a grip that kind of went over gloves. So anyway, so I I, I went into this. I, I deep dived into it, sunk a lot of money into it, sunk a lot of time, went to lots of events, networking, blah, 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 connected with people, all that jazz. And then I just realized like, I am up to my boobies in debt. Um, and it may, I am not comfortable with this amount of debt. And I had to go and do more. I had a mentor who was amazing. Um, really cool guy, Chinese, and we were gonna go to China and start making prototypes and everything. And I just had to stop, right? So I, I I share that because a lot of people will kind of, you know, have an allergic reaction to the idea of a muse or whatever, and be like, oh, it's bullshit and everything. And, and they're probably saying it either from fear of having never done it before, or like me, but I don't say it's bullshit, um, tried something, got really stuck into it, and just kind of either the timing was off or they just weren't up for the challenge. They weren't They weren't the type of person to be able to do it. They probably didn't have the right team. I did this solo. I now realize, like, if you're going to do something like this, you need someone else, at least one other person, to at the very least sink a bottle of whiskey with and just talk about the, why, the reasons why the world is shit, have a hangover the next day, and then just carry on, you know, something like that. That's really, really important, which is something I feel this kind of misses out on. But I digress. Um so the automation side of things is all about finding, you know, your, uh, I don't want to call it passive income, but it is kind of a passive income style thing and you need to figure it out. And that's when he starts jumping into the ideas of split page testing, A and B style for things of, uh, if you've ever seen a really funky t-shirt, that um, is something that he covers in detail: how it works, how you can split test, whether you should sell um, a sailor's shirt for like ninety-five bucks because it's like super um, exclusive, or maybe seventy-five is a little bit better, and then you know changes and stuff like that. So if you've never thought of anything like that, it is a super crash course into that kind of thinking and that kind of business. And then liberation is, um, you know, the way that you remove yourself from work, which is really important, something that I keep on hiccuping, hiccuping on, yes, hiccuping on, is to remove yourself as being the bottleneck of a situation. Um, A lot of the situations that I had, uh, I needed to be in control. I felt that I needed to be in control. Even right now, with something that I'm doing that is probably the closest I am to this book right now, Um, I still feel like I am the one that makes it or breaks it, when it's really not true. It's just my ego kind of getting in the way because I need validation of some description. So, you know, just because I'm super fast with sound editing and everything means like, no, no one else can do it the way I can. It's like, maybe, but do you want this to supply money for your DJing? Yes, yes, I do. So you have to stick to the rules. So um, with liberation, um, you know, there's the disappearing act, there's how to escape the office. I think there was an article oh, it must have been like two years ago or something. There was this dude that worked in an office, right? And I don't think he actually worked there for a year, right? I think he was like remote working or something. And he was clocking in and clocking out, you know, just on the payroll, clocking and clocking out. And no one even noticed that he hadn't been in the office for a year, um, and still getting paid and everything. I don't know if he actually did the work but just wasn't there or if he just was clocking in, clocking out. Um, I think he might have outsourced his job, which, again, right, This, this these kind of stories kind of, like, nullify this book in, in a tongue-in-cheek way. Um, but, yeah, the liberation aspect is what kind of gives you the idea that rather than retiring in your 70s when your hip's about to break, how about you have mini retirements now, or sabbaticals, or whatever you want to call them, um, or take your work with you? You know, just find, manage your life, manage your job in a way that works for you, rather than you existing for work. Basically, that's what it covers. Um, and then uh, he covers sections of his blog, and his blog, his blog's amazing. Like there is so much stuff in there, um, and then lots of of uh, case studies now. I was so into this book that there was a section with uh, the Muse um, where there's this company. I think they're still running now. And I even sent the dude a little email just saying, dude, oh, I'm so stoked. Like, I'm getting your product. And you were featured in Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. And I just asked him all these questions. I was just so super excited. Um, the company is called Earpiece. And they created these little um, silicon earplugs that would be keychain rolled uh, so in a little cylinder. That you kind of twisted and kept on your keychain. So whenever you were out, you just had these great attenuating earplugs for whatever venue you were in. Now, as a sound engineer, as a DJ, as a person who loves her ears, even though she's got slight tinnitus and has lost her 1K frequency in her left ear. So if I look at you funny and I like read your lips, it's not because I want to kiss you. Maybe I want to kiss you, but it's ultimately because I'm trying to lip read you because I'm a little bit deaf. Um these earpiece things were amazing, and I ordered my first set from him because I'm just like, of course I'm going to throw money at you. Like, you did the thing. You did the thing. Like, you're the proof of concept. Let me let me support your dream. Um, and they're doing really, really well, and lots of other companies have now kind of jumped into that industry as well because um, they're, they're only, like, 14 pounds, and even with them being internationally imported, they figured out a way for it not to cost too much. I think it was another, another two pounds or something for shipping. And... Um, yeah, like they were great. I had them for years and years and years. I bought a second pair because like I lost one. They give you three, I lost one and and everything and and um you know, that was proof of concept. They made a product that went to China. They did the whole shebang and they made a successful product. They made the marketing, the pages were sexy. They did everything. They did the thing. And for me, with the case studies that he has at the end, they are live case studies that most of them are still active today and that is so 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 important. Um, so, with the four hour work week, that was my first kind of introduction into this world that I'm now a full time member of, if I'm honest. Um, so, fundamentally, um, that book changed the trajectory of my life, right? Uh, it gave me a new way of thinking, it gave me a new outlook, it gave me hope in a situation that I felt really hopeless in because I knew the office space wasn't for me i knew you know waking up from my box leaving to go into another box to commute to another box to sit in a box with other monkeys and that's not a slight i'm not calling you monkeys i just you know woo, woo. um <laughs> it's 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 just my outlook like i found it all quite depressing not really fun um and i knew it didn't work for me because like you know i got signed off with clinical anxiety and depression i am not a depressed human being mostly. <laughs> and I don't do anxiety. Like, I get anxious with situations, but I understand why I'm anxious and I can own it, but like, un... un uh, uh, oh, what's the word? I don't know. Anyway, when there's anxiety and I have no idea why it happens and why it exists and everything, that's not me. And if an office can do that to me, I know that the office space doesn't work. So, that book, The Four Hour Work Week, gave me that out. It gave me an avenue. It gave me the option to understand and accept that the corporate world isn't the only way. And I don't want to sound dramatic, but I think it kind of sort of probably saved my life. So that was a bit of a whistle-stop tour with interweaving stories ranging from um, le- reaching out to, you know, the muses of the book to uh, ideas and things that I may or may not have done um, as well. There was the bike hand, bike hand, the indicating bike bike love story that kind of popped out a nowhere that I wasn't planning on doing. So um, whilst the book is 10... 12 i I suppose because it came out in 2007 first whilst the book is quite old and reading through or flicking through it today um i realize there's a lot of things in there that um probably don't even exist like in the google infrastructure of things and and that there's still versions of it and ultimately um if you are you know kind of stuck in a rut and you kind of would like some an alternative outlook into just the way things work and the way your life could be, I would definitely, definitely recommend reading 4-Hour Workweek. Um, I'm going to put it out there that I am also a little bit of a Tim Ferriss fangirl because 4-Hour Workweek fundament- fundamentally changed the way I just looked at existing. <laughs> um, I have all the all these other books as well. So 4-Hour Body has been the most fun I've ever had um, in making myself a better person and that fundamentally uh created the foundation and just going forward in my fitness world and life of things which is why i've never really had a problem with um looking after myself but that that is a book that i'm going to review um and then there's four hour chef which i got halfway through but then life kind of got a little bit crazy um but ultimately you know he's the the four hour thing was his kind of like clickbaity uh uh branding and um, but what he does is like it's all about experimentation all about maximizing the human experience um and really just like diving deep into who you are as a person which is something i really really like and I, i've grown to accept as something that i really enjoy doing both with myself helping others and trying to just make a really nice fun life because we're not on this planet for that long so we might as well as have fun with it right so um yeah i hope that this one was a little bit more fun um i tried to kind of liven it up and just take take ideas and inspiration from the book rather than kind of being like you should read these sections because they cover these things um i can do that if you want but i need you to tell me if you don't tell me and i don't know how do i help you these are the questions i need your answers so you can find me on the social medias uh, you can find me on facebook as shigamus you can find me on instagram as l shig you can find me on tiktok as l shig ha. Uh, you can find me on what else twitter as l shig Ooh, consistency is key uh, you can send me an email at hi shiggy at shiggy.co.uk if you don't know how to spell my name it's in the picture the podcast i realize i keep on saying my name all the time it's called getting shiggy with it. s-h-i-g-g-i so h-i-s-h-i-g-g-i at shiggy.co.uk send me an email i'm more than happy to reply like if you want book recommendations beyond the ten that i'll be recommending more than happy i read a lot um uh, mostly on kindle on my phone now because uh i'm trying to reduce in my bid to become free next year that's exciting that will be for, for season three um Super happy, that's me clapping my hands. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode trying to keep these uh short because um I could ramble and I could go on and on and on forever. And I'd really rather not because I like you and I really cherish the time that you spend listening to me rabbit on for half an hour. And um I don't want to abuse that. So that's me done today with Tim Ferriss four-hour work week. That's the second book that has inspired and or shaped and changed my life and uh yeah i will see you fine fellows next episode okay bye